This is Audio Gyan and I am your host Kedar Nimkar. Welcome to a deep dive into the minds of luminaries from the Indian creative world. Today we have Vinu Daniel with us on Audio Gyan. He's an architect and did his bachelor's of architecture in 2005 from the College of Engineering Trivandrum. After that he worked with Auroville Earth Institute for UNDP post tsunami construction on returning from Pondicherry in 2007 he started Wallmakers an architectural practice that deals with sustainable and cost effective architecture mud bricks recycled materials eco friendly methods of constructions and apt utilization of natural resources shaped Vino's design philosophy we'll try and document some of his thoughts on mud as a material and what it is to when we say it's truly sustainable i'll also give a small disclaimer before we start that uh, vino has been kind enough to give this sort of a audio gan session from his car uh, and uh, so yeah thanks thanks uh, vino and welcome to audio gan thanks for giving your time and it's a real pleasure to have you on the show the pleasure is all mine and thank you for welcoming me to audio gan Uh, i hope i will be able to answer and i hope this particular condition is good enough for your audio gan yes yes i think uh, yeah audio gan has seen different sorts of environment and different so is it's all cool i wanted to and plus because we are going to talk about sustainability and mud uh, predominantly i wanted to pick your brains on what like you have been playing with mud for quite some time and other uh, eco sort of friendly stuff but to begin with i wanted to start off with like a slightly counter intuitive question uh, i remember interviewing bv doshi in my 100th episode uh, and i just asked him that uh, why what's wrong with rcc or why has rcc changed the landscape of cities to which he almost spontaneously said oh why do you blame rcc why do you blame, blame cement uh, it's just another material uh, it depends on how you use it and that gave a different perspective but with your work i wanted to just start off by asking that have you toyed with it as uh, the natural inclination always towards mud or you have seen some whatever side effects of cement any anything that you think which is wrong with cement before we jump into mud no no as vividoshi uh, sir very well put rcc is not the enemy here you know no conception is possible without rcc or steel so uh, literally uh, disclaiming it uh, or 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 uh, or making uh, or making false accusations on rcc or steel <laughs> doesn't help us get anywhere sustainable practice is not about that i, I think there is a sentence which i recently read from one of my teachers uh who he quoted from this agastya puranam which is a ayurveda based text in which it is actually written that a person from born from a particular area will only whatever diseases that he is bound to get his cure comes from that particular area all his ailments all his problems can be cured with the plants and stuff that comes from that particular area for me this particular sentence was very profound this analogy can be used even in architecture and it is exactly what gandhi said to lori baker long back 
that if you can build something with a with a 10 mile radius material then you are you are doing something sustainable so rcc is not the not the villain here <laughs> what we are really trying to do is we are really trying to get the material that is available around us so the same sentence can be used in a different way for architecture the humans residing in a particular area if you build with the materials that is available in this particular area your house will be much more easier to live in it will be something which is healthier for you let's put it that way so it's not a question about blaming any particular material as such is just a question about what are your resources what are the resources that you can find <clears throat> nearby so uh, i hope that actually explains a bit it is not a sentence you can explain in 5 5 minutes or 15 minutes it's something you you can spend your lifetime thinking about so yeah. i hope that gives a pretty much a, an idea of what we are trying to do correct correct yeah yeah so so what's beautiful about mud uh, is it just uh, locally available or there is something much more deeper uh, and profound about this material the big, <clears throat> the problem for me personally was that i was born in dubai and i was raised as a particular uh, city child for me the first time i saw mud it was a big exotic material for me. i didn't perceive it as a you know poor man's material or anything like that because i was so away from any such construction uh, almost till 20 years of my life of my first part of my life and uh, when i first encountered it uh, all my perceptions you know like okay dirty uh, maintenance uh, you know like cowed and whatever you want to call it you know whatever your your mind perceives especially coming from a, a dubai abu dhabi you know like amul baby come enara amul baby coming all the way back to india all of it vanished when i saw mud in in face to face it all changed when i saw a gunga uh, uh, actually i didn't see much mud construction in kerala uh, i happened to immediately get into architecture study with it and only during a case study where we i wanted to travel a lot throughout india only during a case study i went almost to the edge of india pakistan border and i found out this wonderful mud hut in the blistering heat of rajasthan i uh, gujarat and rajasthan i found in the middle of ran of kutch there was this gunga Punga is this mud hut. That is my first experience with mud. And uh, in some sense, it was the most exotic material for me. So when others say uh, mud is a poor man's material, bad, this and everything, I was born into RCC concrete jungle. I was born into air conditioning. I was born into triple lace curtains. I was born into carpets, Persian carpet. i was born into all those things that any 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 child today is born to for me looking at that particular material it was beautiful it it absorbed the heat of the ground so wonderfully it 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 was the most wonderful climate that i could endure none of the artificial air conditioning none of those things it it just fits it just is the right material so for me even today uh, it's been 20 years uh, 16 years since i have started my practice even today uh, mud is such a beautiful exotic material we are trying a new particular type of technology with mud and uh, you know it it amazes me even now 
I don't think even a, a well-versed practitioner today is amazed by that particular material after working 16 or 20 years with it. But for me, even today, uh, I, I, I venture into any sort of mud creation the way a kid goes into candy store. Mm-hmm. For me, it's such an exotic material. Yeah. And and can you little bit talk about like what exactly this material is? Because as a layman, for me, the mud is whatever I see on the ground. Uh, but when I did uh, an episode with uh, Sumana Chandrasekhar and a couple of others talking about clay, talking about the ghattam and like the things which are made from essentially mud or clay... Uh, I found out that there are variations in it, right? There's different silicon content, there are different sort of minerals uh, in it. So in in your context, what is the dominant sort of uh, substance that you're working with uh, while you're building your uh, buildings and houses and places? This is the best part of mud. Any mud is usable, you know. That is the best part. Whatever you see as your the dirt or that, mix it with a bit of water, add a bit of substitutes and everything. You know, you get your building material. That is the best part of mud. You don't have to go for the uh, exclusive material. None of those things because mud has a history in our building. Uh, the whatever you have explained earlier, I believe, is this particular uh, <clears throat> rich traditional craft or something. But mud has been poor man's material. How much education did poor man have? Didn't they build wonderfully for the last 3,000 years of civilization? Yes, we did. So, mud is just mud. We don't have to even think of it as some, some you know, like only some skilled God can do something about mud. We don't know anything about mud. No, it's the same mud dirt you see. It is the best building material. You can shape it, no? How children shape it? The same thing. It's the same thing. It's just that once you start with it, you slowly understand that, okay, this can be done, that can be done. How, 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 however, you know, it's just like when you, once you learn to cook, no, you suddenly understand the nuances of cooking, isn't it? You know? Initially, all you know is to make bread omelette. You know, so for anybody who wants to start, bread omelette is the best place to start. You start with the mud you see. That's it. Beautiful, beautiful. But can we build, I mean, again, uh, yes, if you if yes. ask that question that... <laughs> no, no. We, if, have, if we... we have made this construction mm. so crazy, so I don't know, so some other level that we forgot it is the simplest thing what man could do. You don't have to be any sort of expert to make something with mud and stay under it. We have made this world so complicated. We have made this construction wheel so complicated. Uh, there is architect for interiors, there is architect for exteriors, there is architect for that, there is architect for facade, structural engine, all those things. We have made it so complicated that we forgot that this was the first thing we learned to do. And mm-hmm. probably our 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 experimentation was least in construction. Probably cooking we did more. I'm sorry to say this, you know, for me, cooking <laughs> is much more complicated <laughs> than construction mm-hmm. in some sense. Mm. You know, like music, you know, like singing songs is much more complicated. This was the first thing as humans we learned to do. We learned to protect our family, ourselves by creating some boundaries with mud. This is what we first learned. It's there in our genes. We don't have to think that, okay, there is a particular complication, there's that, this and everything. We will eventually learn it. It's, it's not, I mean, like, 
allow me to decomplicate it you know uh, untravel it it's, it's the simplest thing that we can do it is the yeah. simplest thing we have just complicated everything hmm i think that's also important because we have roti kapda and makan makan is finally the exactly fence. yeah yeah yes that's yeah. it makan is the fence you no know? i mean like in kerala and all people used to the fence you know people used to just dump mud balls onto the fence and you call it your house you just then put some rafters on top and put some grass on top and yeah you got your house i'm doing a mm-hmm. suspension bridge right now with grass i am actually trying to now learn after 16 years or 17 years of learning with mud uh, i am doing something in karjat uh, where we found out that it is in the forest it is very difficult to procure mud you know it's more of rocks and stuff but there is another material it is grass we have forgotten how to build with grass so we are learning how to build with grass with some local people and it's fantastic it's it's a it's a grueling process it's tough you know like we had to unlearn all the complications that i learned as an architect i had to go back to my basics and uh, me and my junior architects are cutting grass <laughs> we are doing wow. all sorts of things And, and 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 once we started doing it we understood all the complications so when you go let's say you suddenly walk out and say i want a thatched roof the kind of things people say oh there should be skilled guy this kind of grass should be there that kind of grass shouldn't be there all sorts of things actually have complicated that entire process it's such a simple uh, simple beautiful process which yields a great great product mud mm. grass all those natural materials are the perfect solution we just over complicated things i'm not saying to look uh, to look away from concrete you know modern man can use all these things together to create mm. a wonderful habitat that is what we in wall makers are trying to Hmm. Hmm. But but uh, like, what's the extent to which it can be exploited? I'm sure you can't build skyscrapers. I, yes, I mean the que- counter question is also that why build it also? But but say suppose it's it's a no, no. urban urban you requirement. You can build. I am building in Ahmedabad a nine-storied mud building with uh, concrete columns and beams. I we never say to stop your concrete columns and beams. Nobody is asking that. we are not saying to stop glasses we are just saying to use these minimally i mean like mm. right now we are speaking through an iphone you know it's is the you know a, a recently i saw a, a, an artist hold so many things like transistor radio tv everything on his head you know it's such a huge bundle and on the other hand he was holding a mobile phone today everything has condensed into a mobile phone isn't it without mobile mm-hmm. phone how would we talk i would have had to take a bucket ticket come over there and conduct this interview we would have to have sit face to face to do this interview but today all these advancement in technologies have made it easy so why are we complicating things why are we saying no to one material as vivi doshi said we don't have to say no to one material we can say mm-hmm. yes to concrete we can say yes to mud we can say yes to all these wonderful materials which is growing grass is weed little bit brother the worst part is people are just cutting it off you know people are putting money to dispense it while it can be the most wonderful housing material you know roofing material mm-hmm. so we are right now combining ferrocement of course ferrocement means there is cement there is steel meshes we are combining ferrocement with grass so that you know like the problems of grass we don't mean to say that there are no problems with older materials or natural materials it obviously attracts a lot of pests and sometimes maintenance 
So let's combine things. Let's think in a rational way. Let's not discard anything. That is what I would say. Your mm. skyscrapers are possible to be built, and mind you, the best way to build them is to combine all these elements. You cannot follow the Western way in this tropical climate. That is leading to our destruction firsthand. Hmm. 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 Got it. Got it. And and just before I we move to sort of the debris wall and and the shuttered debris wall, uh, in 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 the part where I work uh, on the web uh, and on the internet, uh, we in the UI con- kind of user interface kind of design world, we have something called as atomic theory, uh, which is foundation is something that. uh you build on top of it like there are certain say typography and certain colors and whatever in in your practice or in general architecture uh, i believe brick uh, is sort of the foundation block uh, or is there anything else when dealing with mud or like how do you build then foundations because as you said yes you can have a mud over rcc columns but how does it like if you can help us envision Yeah, uh, so mud. Uh, we I also started to learn about mud brick at first. I didn't learn about you know like shuttered debris wall. Those are actually uh, different techniques that we kind of created in our journey. Uh, but originally, we also learned about mud brick wall. First, we learned about something called compressed stabilized earth brick. That means you just compress dry mud into a particular shape and make it like a brick without adding. uh without uh, burning it you know so that was the primal form you add a bit of 5% of cement and voila you get a very good uh, you know brick so that i learned from oroville earth institute so we also started uh, learning about mud from mud brick only it was not like immediately we started creating combinations or any of those kind of uh, mm. composite creations so yes we also started from 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 mud brick only yeah. and uh, Because a module, uh, we can see these. Sometimes you see these olden, olden uh, places where uh, in villages, and in many many places you see that uh, people make these small molds, and you know, like they put this raw mud, and you know, like get it sun baked. Mm. This technique has been prevalent in most of our older India, uh, and uh, the constructions are still surviving. See the mm-hmm. material. which i would really love to point out the material cement or concrete uh, it's just around 100 120 years old you know that that material coming into construction uh, has been only 100 to 150 years old hmm. the other material the previous materials have survived 600 or 1000 so the mud has shown its its uh, strength and durability this cement show or concrete show its strength and durability it hasn't it hasn't yeah. actually shown that how long it is durable most of us you are you in mumbai yes okay so uh, i i my my half family is coming from a place called mulund uh, many this uh, kerala christians settled in this place called mulund mulund mm-hmm. thane and all you know like most of our yes, families are there I'm I'm in Thane, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you can you can literally hit the mallu in the street all the time, okay? Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, my youngest childhood memories is mm-hmm. about playing in these. Uh, you know, only only I mean, like for me, like coming to India means you will be olden days. You had to come by Mumbai. So mm-hmm. my first five days of vacation would be in uh, 
Mumbai uh, and uh, our my uh, father's elder brother Apacha had an apartment uh, in Mulund. So my earliest memories were about you know like these concrete pillars. So it would be never, we will never have any ground floor houses. You know it will all be for parking. And mm-hmm. wherever the cars do not park, we would take that space, encroach that space, and play for cricket. You you know how it is. You no, know? we would yes. we would always play cricket in our apartment. Yes. Now today, <clears throat> so we had at least seven or eight families in these apart, different different apartments, very near to each other. Today, I can see that most of these buildings are undergoing transformations. They are demolishing these buildings and again making new constructions because these older buildings, old RCC buildings, are are, are completely fragile. They are failing in there. You can see all the columns getting you know like exposed, buckling, crack. all sorts of things so our assumption that concrete is a much more stable material has gone for it in fact hmm. so all the buildings which were built let's say in 60s or 70s by 2010 you can see that almost all those places have gone for a transformation we can put a part of the blame for the fact that okay the higher vertical apartments can actually house more people and means more money in the in the suburb in mumbai but still the reason why most of the families have opted for this change is because these buildings are failing so most of my uh, relatives are now moving into newer uh, new year new, uh, more new vertical apartments You can mm. see that in Mulund and Thane and all. I know about these places. You can see in all those places, all those constructions which happened in early early sixties have all gone for. So that is fifty years. We are talking about only a span of fifty years. All these apartment buildings are crumbling. Uh, their maintenance is absolutely horrible, and you can see that they have gone for a toss. Whereas, take the other example. Most of the mud buildings which you see, even the village bad mud buildings. Have at least survived for 150 years. What does it tell you? What is the story that that tells you? Hmm. But isn't it sort of what, from my experience, uh, people generally keep uh, refurbishing it, especially with cow dung and stuff. It's almost like every week they have like one small quick layer of it just to keep it sort of. You uh, you go to Taj today, you will find a marble polishing guy polishing at around 12:30 to 1:30. isn't it <laughs> if you just book a room right now go to booking.com book your room and don't get a, get in there now you go at around 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock in the morning and you know post midnight you will find a guy who is with a marble polisher you'll find them slowly polishing the marble of the lobby beautiful i mean you see this <laughs> all of us have seen this isn't it Yeah. Haven't you seen one guy constantly cleaning the glass of Starbucks? Haven't you seen one poor chap having to clean those large twelve feet glasses almost daily because of the dust? Mm. <laughs> My grandma can refurbish it, but can she maintain this marble flooring? Can yeah, you clean twelve feet glass? That seems to be a very strong, <laughs> yeah. strong argument no i, I don't In have any come back <laughs> your room your room i can see it it is without much marks that means your room which you are sitting in right now has been recently painted mm mm-hmm. yeah it is because, because the second 
I will tell you one thing. Because the second I get into your room, I am a fellow who works with mud and everything. There will be always sweat and dirt with me. If I touch one of your walls, by mistake, there is a mark there, isn't it? Hmm. And how do you remove those marks? A child, if it touches, that mark will be there. Will it go? It will never go. You will have to again repaint it. So the kind of maintenance and refurbishment you are talking about villages, we do more. Trust me, we do much, much more to keep up these appearances. It's just that it's shiny and glossy. That is the difference here. It's just that we are used to seeing shiny and glossy from the Western world and we love our shiny and glossy. That's it. Wow, you're going to change my perspective. Thanks for <laughs> sharing this. Cool. Uh, so, at, at, uh, just uh, if you can talk a little bit about uh, wall makers, like how do you ensure, uh, what's the practice? Like how do you ensure it's it's sturdy? Because now it's obviously, it's evident from your conversation that it's sturdy. But what's the general practice with wall makers? And how do you sort of ensure the longevity of stuff? Uh, because... Actually, you, you covered most of the stuff. <laughs> no, but if you pick up stuff from, from nearby, I'm sure there must be some sort of fungal in, uh, infections and whatever like that. It could be termites and stuff happening. So just can you can you talk about a little bit about the practice and how do you ensure that things which are made are long lasting and apart from the material itself? Yeah, there are, there are these modern updated materials. Uh, chemicals and stuff like that, which we check whether it is too harmful for the nature because we generally allow our outer skin for the nature to take over. Like the crevices or the cracks and all those things in mud is good for these uh, bugs and other things. So let them leave. Inside, we generally apply a tiny layer of water-based polyurethane so that, you know, like it is, it is, you can literally sponge it up. You can even wash the walls. So it's a modern material. We have uh, made sure that it is less maintenance and everything. So it's a modern material. Modern concept is being applied because it is not possible for us to again go in search for covering and stuff like that, as you very well mentioned. So there are chemicals which are applied to make sure, especially polyurethanes, many different types of polyurethanes, natural polyurethanes are there, which can <clears throat> make the surface uh, more waterproof and everything. And the outer layer, which we, we we talk about a concept where we allow those those creatures also to survive. Our Anthropocene is going to survive only if we allow other creatures also to survive. We need the nature more. So we even ask for a lot of, uh, like we ask 5% of your land to be untouched, not put into landscape, non, <clears throat> don't, do, don't put green lawns there. Let the let the you know nature take over and you don't encroach into it. Boundary of so that some creatures will keep on surviving in these parts. So that is that is how we make it a point that there is symbiosis happening. Your maintenance-free houses is also there. Also, it takes care of bit of gives gives a bit back to the nature. Mm, very beautiful. And and just before the the recording started, you mentioned that you do some prototype, you design, and then you build and create also. Can you talk a little bit yeah. about your process and, and maybe any example if you want to? Uh, right now, we are working on a few projects on pet bottles and tires. Tires have become our main, main concern at this point of time because we saw that a lot of tires are being wasted. And uh, per day, India has an excessive amount of half a million 
this is official record half a million of tires is wasted a day and they are dumped back into our system where they they skillfully illegally uh, they pulverize tire back into small small granules so that it can be reused in tarring which is an exceedingly exothermic and dangerous process where it will give out all the pollutants it's as good as putting cancer out there so tires has to be salvaged from this particular process from burning because you cannot burn tire uh, it is an illegal process it gives out all the harmful ingredients but uh, the the mafia has managed to do this particular thing in a very skillful way by cutting tires into smaller pieces and burning it in part of the road construction so we are very much focused on trying to get tire back into construction uh, to make it inert outside and inside so that it, it becomes a very nice construction material and uh, mud with tire this particular composite is very effective is very useful it is something which i think is the material of the future mm. so that is one prototype we are working on we are also working on pet bottle construction mm. pet bottle pet bottle is our pet our bottle okay ha huh. yeah yeah plastic bottles and that's how we you are working got it yeah so so like the debris wall is made out of that or may no no debris wall is made out of construction waste like most of the time when you uh, at least in rural india you go and you will find there was already an existing construction there they would say okay grandpa made this house very small we want bigger rooms bigger toilets we are just going to demolish it so what happens to the demolished remains hmm. our inclination is to throw it to the neighbor's plot <laughs> <laughs> so we <laughs> so i i unfortunately had to undertake a construction in such a poor neighbor's plot you know my client was somebody who finished last in construction and he obviously the rest of his friends built faster than him and they uh, put all their waste into his compound and uh, uh, that is how the uh, shutter debris wall took into you know like uh, being created we had to take in that waste material and think about how to utilize this waste material as a part of construction because our corporations will not take any non biodegradable waste they would only mm-hmm. take food waste and stuff like that they will not take any non biodegradable waste they would they would ask you to get rid of it that is your responsibility so we can find that there are a lot of existing construction which are demolished to make way for new construction so that means a lot of uh, debris construction created. material debris is created uh, we can literally build our our entire towns with the kind of money or material that is wasted with bridges and all those new things collapsing and stuff like that so so it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a uh, that was the necessity for creating shutter approval it's slightly different from the pet bottle or tire construction i was talking before mm mm-hmm. mm got it and and yeah i mean it seems like you have been sort of truly living to the word sustainable i know it's a abused term these days it's overused uh but you have sort of strive to judiciously use the word or like put it in your practice uh if i have to zoom out a bit and again go a little philosophical what what does sustainable mean to you like like what's your reading and definition and observations and i'm sure you have been reflecting about it a lot so uh so recently somebody asked me like uh, 
like how does your office work mm. uh, with uh, no table no because we don't have table we generally uh, as as very well you can see what is happening right now we we generally encroach uh, some cafe or some restaurant and you know like and then work there uh so this particular office asked me like how do you manage without a table so i said uh, you have a table from 9 to 5 my people uh do not have a table but our people's productivity when they get a table is 700 percentage of you what you do in 7 days we do it in one day because we never get a table Mm. we understand the value of that resource walmakers is homeless for a reason actually so that we understand what how valuable homes are materials are kind of valuable but it doesn't mean that there is a particular criteria for you to be sustainable what it means is if you can use lesser than what you did today you are becoming sustainable there is no definition for it you can't when once you start putting these embodied energy all those things it is good to put them uh, slowly and steadily it is very wise to put these kind of norms but to start if you can use one bag of cement lesser than what you did yesterday you are on your path to sustainability beautiful if you can avoid cutting one branch if you can avoid cutting one tree then what you did yesterday you are on a on a, on a path to sustainability it's it's a very wrong uh, you know like way to define it in terms of all those other other uh, criteria or variables i mean oh beautiful <laughs> uh, so so but when you focus on this agenda or this approach or this way of thinking itself uh, it happens that you tend to lose focus on certain other things right it's always a trade off i mean if everything is about sustainability then then what about creating spaces uh, which are quite i don't know for a lack of a better word cutting edge innovation yeah how do you balance those because your your uh, work looks spectacularly beautiful as well it's not just playing with mud and like if people haven't seen it it creates a perception of being rustic and little bit this but your your work is done very sort of it is beautiful elegant as well so how do you balance that out as i told you earlier my background is something from a city boy i'm basically brought brought up in in an urban area so i never thought of mud as a material that we had to go back to some old caveman ideology or anything nothing like that <laughs> mud it has the capability or these materials these waste materials have the capability to to be a part of our innovation and lifestyle and they um aid your innovation actually they can aid you in your innovation many people actually ask me how do you come up with so many different things i say because i said that particular area had a certain material and we had to come up with a wise way of utilizing that material that material uh, aids you to bring out innovation in some sense i, I don't know how clear i am about this a uh, innovation always comes when you are working with this kind of materials because you have to think new ways you have to think that okay it is not going to you cannot have it completely a dark corner or you have to think about a certain maintenance issues that will come with it so you 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 work with it and you understand okay here is a new way to do this this helps us in in making sure that we are 
uh, we are making cutting you know like cutting edge technology and all those things are being incorporated that is the way to go forward again we have a wrong way of thinking that cutting edge technology is all glossy and shiny again the mind goes there that is a problem here most of us think that a sleek looking or a you know like more shinier material is more cutting edge technology in fact it is old Desire old as the Egyptian gold, so mm. uh, we we have this wrong perception. Correct. Yeah. Today, if you have to make a modern habitat with mud, you are doing cutting edge technology. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I think this is one of the most fascinating conversations I've had in a while because it it just resonates with me. on multiple levels because of my exposure to certain other things in life uh truly truly appreciate so we know i'll conclude with uh, one last question is that again going a bit philosophical what's the long term future of housing shelter uh, security according to you uh many things uh, we had to, we had to look at all these things in a very positive manner Mm-hmm. i am very much in love with the new generation because while we older generation always say that they are not that is they are distracted that is oriented they do not have a goal in life in some ways they are much better than the older generation they have a care for the for the world that they live in they pollute less uh, and uh, that is one advantage that i am seeing of the younger generation but unfortunately we have taught them the traditional ways of still exploiting nature so this will go for a very bad toss until we we will never recover until we reach the precipice uh, if you know what i mean you know we will we'll only recover once we go this is um, you know we have to brace for that we will go for the really bad uh, thing and then we will come back and <laughs> we will get better is what i believe Uh, it will it will go into a very negative area at first, but then it will come back. You know, don't worry about it; it will come back. That's how it is going to be. Yeah, I I want to add to that uh, one of my favorite lines, which I have like repeated it in multiple episodes over time, and it it just doesn't end to sort of make me wonder because it it fits nicely with what you said just now uh, when you. Don't know Zen. Rivers are rivers. Mountains are mountains. Uh, when you are learning Zen, rivers are not rivers. Mountains are not mountains. And when you have learned Zen, rivers are rivers. Mountains are mountains. Uh, so <laughs> it's, yes, 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 yes. So so this this line has been with me for last uh, I think yeah fifteen twenty years now, and I <laughs> reflect it on multiple levels, and that's why I said yes the. rivers are not rivers and mountains the, the center phase if i if we call it is is where we hit the bottom most where we see uh, it exploited to the maximum uh, with lot of lot of yeah lot of burning around and then we go into the rising cycle again there has to be a there has to be a very bad chaos for us to come back again unfortunately yes. but, but it is the way it is always yeah so beautifully put in yeah thanks thanks so one one last off the sort of script question like wall makers it sounds now because of trump and other people the the narrative has changed does it come across as 
something negative wall makers no i mean it's just like random question <laughs> uh, wall makers was a derogatory name uh, that happened to us uh, long back uh, mm-hmm. we were because we were making buildings with mud and everything nobody would give us uh, opportunity to build houses so we had to um, uh, we had to become Uh, just boundary wall makers you know compound wall and those kind of flower trucks were our work initially <laughs> we didn't get uh, proper projects or anything we were we were uh, relegated to making small small compound walls mm. so my younger brother also was helping me out at that particular point of time he is bsc chemistry and you know with no job or anything so he was helping me out and uh, one of those days a, a person came and said you know like we i have a project it is a two acre land my brother got excited and he was like my god okay finally we got a good project and everything and finally the client blurted out saying you know like it's a common wall uh, so <laughs> my brother was quite disappointed you know so uh, seeing the disappointment this particular guy asked uh, like do you guys uh i thought you guys only make walls uh, do you guys make houses also no 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 we are just wall makers is what my brother said you know in oh, a derogatory oh. way so that is how the name stuck you know originally we we never got uh, to make uh, houses initially you know we were always checked out by the time we finish walls we are checked out of making houses you know we could never complete roofs initially it was a very tough time for us so somewhere wall makers kind of stuck it's uh, it was uh, A, a name that uh, uh, was used uh, to antagonize me originally, but uh, now it is. I, I never wanted my name to be uh, on the top, so uh, all makers mm-hmm. make sense. So that it, there is some continuity, and it also uh, tells of our humble beginning. You know where we started. We were compound all makers at first, so we were all makers at first. So so beautiful. uh i think yeah i would really like to meet you in person look at the projects uh, physically uh and uh, but this is a good note to end this uh, thanks a lot vinu for giving your time it was really enriching experience for me uh, i hope, I hope the recording was okay there were a lot of vehicles passing it's fine yes, no uh, yeah no perfect perfect it was great thanks a lot and that's it from today's gyan session For show notes and more gan visit audiogan.com and if you wish to connect with me I am at audiogan moments on Instagram until then take care